On this edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast, brought to you by Mr. Max, Stephen Sylvester joins us. The former Ute and NFL star talks about the UCLA game, looks ahead to this week's game at Arizona, and we discuss the college football playoff. Jody Genesee has his Utah by a five segment. That and more on the Deseret News Ute Insiders podcast. This is former pollster and Utah alum David Spadafore, 45-year lobbyist at the Utah State Legislature. And you and I are both listening to the Deseret News Ute Insiders Podcast. It's going to be great. Welcome to yet another edition of the Deseret News Ute Insiders Podcast. I'm Dirk Facer, your host, joined by my colleague Jody Genesee. Yo. And a very special guest this week, Stevenson Sylvester, star of the Sugar Bowl teams. <laughs> Welcome. How you doing? Good to have you here. Appreciate it. Hey, guys, let's jump right into football. Um, looking back at that UCLA game, what did you guys uh, take away from that? It was a lopsided game. The defense looked good. The offense looked good. Sly, what did you uh, take away from that game? I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, every game we see now, the Cal game, the Washington game, we're just seeing this team gel. You know, those first few games, I was a little uh, worried and skeptic because you saw the little things that would come into play, which we saw at the USC USC game. We kind of got exposed with those little things. But now after that first bye week, after Washington State game, we've we've just put it all together and played how this team was expected to. You know, the the expectations and and everything that came into the season, this team is now coming in and handling business the way they should. So um, all phases of the game, as you said, I think the team did an amazing job. And I just love watching these guys play ball. I think they they established themselves. That that first drive, uh, UCLA marched down Mm -hmm. and looked really good. And I'm like, oh, here we go. This might be closer than a lot of people anticipate. But then the Utes, I I can't remember how UCLA got the ball within the 10, and then they had back-to-back sacks. And it was almost like that, okay, we're going to take over this game now. Mm -hmm. And then, like, that was an an amazing – every week it's like an amazing defensive performance, but that was, I thought, the best performance of the year. Well, I – I love it because we've been starting games like that where we let the first drive them actually have some drives like like even the Washington State game. I think the first drive they drove down there. You were like, oh, here we go again. But it's kind of like even the Washington game. It's kind of like they're filling the other team out. It's like yeah. oh, how tough are they? And then then we got to punch back. But um, I really need us to just start from jump, <laughs> but, you know. But however we do it, I'll take a forty nine and three victory every single week <laughs> if they have to start uh, the way they did. Um, but I think the team is doing great. With bouncing back and, and, and reading the other team and, and trusting Scally's game plan. Right. I mean, and they're beating teams just, just yeah. demolishing. Like, I think they're averaging uh, their average margin of victory this season is 29.0 points. That's yeah, amazing. and that's something you don't normally see from Utah. As Coach Witt said after the game, we don't run up the score. That's not what we do. But right. when you're playing this good, I mean, we scored so many points in the second quarter. So, yeah, we were already up. And our defense is not letting anybody score. And so, and most of the time they're getting field goals. Like in the Arizona State game, we would have shut them out too, but we had an interception that uh, resulted in a field goal for them. But, I mean, our defense is literally playing lights out. Best in, One of the best teams in the country. Um, definitely top five overall. But it all starts with the up front. So having the number one rushing defense in the nation um, definitely speaks to it. I saw a stat that the Utes have out, the Ute defense has outscored their 
opposing offenses in six <laughs> games this season. Now that's crazy. That is insane. So the, I mean, they could have not scored one offensive point and still, still qualified won. for a bowl game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was uh, Tony Parks that had that uh, interesting stat. So I'll give him some credit for that. That that's fat. This it's defense, great to have a good yeah. co- uh, offense to couple that, right? Well, oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, you throw in like a Heisman candidate and, uh, and the, the best, the best running running back in the nation. Right. This is a fun team. No, it's it's great. And, and just look at how many pieces aren't even there. You know, uh, we still don't even have Covey, you know, contributing this year. Yeah. So, I mean, I think you look at this team, it's like they have an amazing sophomore class. You know, Mika DeFool, who had an amazing game. Um, he's played great all season, really. You got Max Dupai on the other end. Shelly's a sophomore. You got all these receivers, Jalen Dixon. Um, who else is a sophomore? This team is loaded, and, they're, and all these young guys are getting experience, too. So people think, oh, we lost so many ste- ste- um, seniors. Steelers. We lost so many seniors. We're going to have a fall, uh, some a fall off. But Coach Witt just knows how to do it. He knows how to play these guys. So we are competitive each and every year. You know, as the, as the old guy in the room, you know, I covered the Utes back uh, way back in the day. But I, I think of the '04 season with Alex Smith and that. Mm-hmm. I was able to write my story at halftime because Utah was so far <laughs> ahead every game. And then in '08, obviously, you guys had some blowouts, but you also had some tight games that you prevailed in. Now, since you've been involved with both, you're doing the the radio with the Utes now compare that Sugar Bowl defense to this defense uh, the Sugar Bowl defense was awesome you know mainly because I was a part of it you know I'm, I'm <laughs> extremely biased, hey, extremely yeah, biased a Pittsburgh Steelers fan I mean yes uh. <laughs> but I loved it I mean there's there are different personalities that go with it of course it's the same defensive scheme so uh, I think Scally was able to learn because he was a part of that uh, coaching staff was able to learn and, and know every nuance every part that needs to have happen especially with the dynamic of the Pac-12 of being pass first and how you're straight nickel. Nickel is your base defense. Um, you're rarely in 4-3, uh, maybe seven times a game out of the 60-plus plays you play. So um, just understanding your opponents better and understanding how to recruit and, and what actually do those positions bring value. Right. So, you know, right now, um, somebody asked me a question the other day. If you were to start uh, a defense, which of these players would you take? Jalen Johnson, Julian Blackman, Lecky Fotu, Bradley and I. Um, and I was like, Jesus, that's so hard. That's <laughs> yes. so hard. Yes, I would. <laughs> because Lecky Fotu's great. Pinacini's playing great, too. Right. And and it's just like, and Francis Bernard, he is electric. He's just all over the place. Just, just great. And Devin Lloyd is just a freak athlete. You know, he's able to cover. He's tall. He's very efficient in, in, in his scheme. But, you know, that strong safety position it is... It's great, you know, right. for be, be, just because of where you have to play on the field. Literally, Terrell Burgess has to be everywhere on the field, and he plays it so well. And it brings me back to 08. I think one of our most valuable defenders was Joe Dale. A lot of people don't. He go, he flies under the radar because of his personality. He's a very quiet guy, but that right. guy was a boss. You go back and watch film from the 08 season and just watch how productive he was in the running game, in the passing game. He was there. And that's kind of like my personality, too, is like even if I didn't make the tackle, I was there if there was a missed tackle. And and that's exactly what this defense is is these guys don't miss tackles and if they do, it's a gang tackle. It's it's a team defensive effort. So um it's very hard to compare 
both of, of these, and that's what we're getting nowadays. How right. how does this defense compare <laughs> to the other ones? I really like this defense. After they win a national championship, then I'll give my decision. But <laughs> oh, wait, right. Hey, that's a nice prediction right <laughs> well, there. You know, it is kind of fun right now because there is that feel, the 04, the 08 feel to this mm-hmm. team right now. I know we want to wait till the end to compare in that, but do you do you get the similar feelings? Do you? Does it remind you of 08 a little bit, even though you were undefeated that year mm-hmm. at USC loss? I, think, it- uh, I do. I think this team has a more consistent offense. Um, I believe our defense and in special teams was uh, comparable in 08. You know, our offense in 08 was, was up and down some games, but the dominance that our offense is showing, we've literally only had one down game, which was USC. But, you know, the, the consistent offensive play of, of Coach Ludwig's play calling and, and execution of Tyler Huntley being able to, to throw the ball down the field, midfield, uh, check downs, making the right decisions. The guy's averaging 75% completion percentage. That's crazy. That That's is. crazy. Literally every game he's efficient. And you can see that with within the NFL right now with the Sean Watson and Lamar Jackson, they have the same type of completion percentage. They go 14 of 18 and still have 300 plus yards and four touchdowns. Like, those are great numbers. You don't have to throw the ball 30 plus times a game to be, you know, successful. And that's exactly what these guys are doing. And, you know, Huntley's comfortability and, and confidence back there is, is leading this offense. And so I, I think that's a very big difference between 08 and, and today's team is our consistent offensive play week to week. Um, so I, I would say they were more comparable to the the, the 04 season, as, as you said. Jody, uh, lots been said of the defense. we got a defensive guy here uh, tooting their horn, too. But as I pointed out, the offense is also doing some remarkable things. What's your observation on what Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss and the guys are doing? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, Huntley kind of had that uh, reputation of being kind of a game manager. And I see some Ute fans on Twitter mm-hmm. kind of mocking this. He's, oh, he's just a game manager, meaning that he can't pass a lot and he can't throw the it's long ball. not bump. true at all. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's getting some chunk yards. This year. Not true at all. He's he's so efficient and he's so elusive back there. I I love that the, the touchdown he had. Yeah, yeah. When he's healthy, he's he's pretty quick. And you had I think the offensive line is underrated this year. I, you they know, started talked, slow though. They did start slow, mm-hmm. and, and you know there's been better offensive lines, but I think they're they're doing a, a nice job. You get the tight ends. Keithy was fantastic the other mm-hmm. night, the other day, and Moss just keeps on playing like I'm like the man. So this offense, Keithy's a sophomore too. Him and Father yeah, and him. right. I mean that, he's he's got some great moves as well. So this offense is it's funny because you the defense is so good, but so is the the offense and mm-hmm. the defense kind of overshadows. Well, I mean, because we got the national ranking and stuff like that. Right. But I mean, you got Clemson who's playing Warford or whoever they play and scoring 70 points a game. So <laughs> it crushes our offense's statistics. But our offense, I feel like, is putting up some amazing numbers that we can compete. You know, once Clemson plays a defense like ours, you know, then, you know, they're going to have to play a more complete game instead of relying on their offense to, to run up the score. And I just, you're right. I, I think this team is, is awesome all the way way around and you know there's more to come we got two more games this season Pac-12 championship which we're going to win and we're going to get the third fourth spot in the playoffs I like it that, well, that, we can't argue be with this guy can we <laughs> <laughs> tear us apart no. uh, but I mean the, it's interesting because so many years the, the Utes have had such a good I think the the one weakness the Utes have is special teams mm-hmm. and and they've crushed teams so often that you they haven't really needed it. the field goal kicker and they haven't they haven't had to rely well, on the, it's the been punt such team. a big part of the team 
the last couple of years, right. obviously. So I, right, but it isn't as important this year. But if they so. get in a close game, that could be a factor. But now we're kind of nitpicking because their their <laughs> offense and defense is so good, they haven't really needed that. Well, uh, we need to be nitpicky. We're the fans here. You know, I want perfection, dang it. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about let's get a list for for Whittingham to do this week. The fans and a lot of people are keeping an eye on the college football playoff rankings. Mutes come in at number seven. It's the morning of the day when they come out again this week. I'm not sure if they're going to move up this week or not because, you know, we'll see what they do with Alabama and such. But um, do you think they're in position they can get in that top four by the end of the season? You talk about, you know, if they mm-hmm. run the table and let's include the uh, game against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. Can they ignore a 12-1 and Pac-12 championship team and keep them out of the 14 playoff? I was running through all kinds of scenarios, looking at everybody's last game, looking at the possible SEC championships, the, the Big 12 championships, the Big 10 championship, and just seeing how everything could play out. And I don't think they can ignore us. Because, yes, we lost to USC by seven, but it wasn't like USC blew us out. It was clear that we beat ourselves in that game. And we didn't. And the Utes didn't have Zach Moss. Correct. You know, we lost Zach Moss in the second quarter, and uh, Huntley was literally running for his life the whole game. And he did great, by the way. He had an amazing game against USC. I love the way he played. He had like seven or eight first downs with his legs, which was amazing. But it was clear that USC wasn't the reason why we lost. Like, we had bad angles. Michael Pippen, literally, the third-string quarterback can just huck it up without even looking, kind of like DTR was trying to do uh, last week at UCLA. But, you know, Michael Pippen was coming down with the ball every time. Um, and, and now we've corrected that, and you've seen exactly how Jalen Johnson was able to shut down everybody we came across. You know, Oregon State, ASU, Ayuk probably had his worst numbers in his college career Um, because he is a talent. I see him every highlight in Pac-12. He just had a punt return for a touchdown. He just looks amazing. And Jalen Johnson literally made him a no factor. And so, um, you know, we have the intangibles to be an amazing team and it's very hard to to not take us seriously. You know, I wish we didn't have that blemish on our record, but it is what it is and we are in position. And honestly, we needed it. And this is what I said after we lost. I was like, we need that early loss. Now we're starting to play because nothing's given. really lit the fire under them, it seems. Yeah, it did because they been blowing because Washington State's a really good team, especially at the time that we beat them. They were rolling. You know, um, how many points did they play in that freaking UCLA game? 1,300 plus yards, 130 <laughs> plus points, and 20 plus touchdowns. But um, I think where we're at right now is is perfect. All the scenarios that play out, we literally just have to play our game. You know, Coach Witt is not a style points guy, so um, we're just going to have to to wait on the votes because I appreciate Coach Witt for just being who he is, not going out of the box and saying let's score up the let's uh, run up the points. He's like, no, that's not what Utah does. That's not who we are. We're not Clemson and scoring seventy plus points a game. We are Utah. We are dominant. We play great defense and we respect our opponents. And so I commend Coach Witt for for keeping that culture alive. Guys, is it a given, do you think, that LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson are, are three of the four teams and that Utah is competing for that fourth spot? And if so, uh, how does the resume, let's just say Oklahoma and Georgia finish the season with one loss each? Would Utah, do you see a scenario where Utah would get the nod over those two schools? I mean, uh, right now, I would. If it was up to, uh, it depends on who's voting. Because let's see a new school in there. You see the Oklahomas, you right. see the Georgias in there all the time. We all have one 
loss. You know, Oregon's only loss came to Auburn, who's who's giving all these guys a run for their money in the SEC. So I would say you, I would give Utah to not. Yes, I'm biased. Yes, that's where my mind goes. But let's see if Utah's still that team because nobody believed in us in 08 either. And we came in and smacked Alabama in the mouth, which is exactly what we want to do. So, you know, this will because there's so much controversy that'll come if you don't put Utah in. Right. right. You know, to be like, oh, you're not giving nobody a chance. This and that. All you care about is the SEC, yada, yada. So if they just put us in this year, then, you know, it's kind of like the, the Georgia-Hawaii game before we, right. we got there. It's like, why do we give these non-Power 5 schools a chance? And they show up in, just like Hawaii did against Georgia, in which they got smacked. But what if they are the team like they were the 08 Utah versus Alabama? You know, couldn't they compete for a national championship? Let's give them an opportunity. And and so I see us getting the nod for that reason if there's more human judges who's factoring in the college football playoffs. Yeah, and I, I, you saw that over the weekend. Utah seemed was getting more respect as far as the human element from some national people saying, hey, Utah should be one of the four teams right now. And that's where I like Utah's chance because they still have two games against Arizona and Colorado, mm-hmm. win, very winnable games. They, I mean, they should crush both of those teams. And then you get that Oregon game, which in the if things play out in the Pac-12 championship game, and that could set Utah up to be the number five. The, Oregon could be number four at that. You know, well, somewhere between wins that four game and will be six. In good shape, right? Because if, if, considering if they're both twelve and one, I don't know how you wins. could deny the winner of that game. I mean, it, uh, literally, it could be. You know, Oregon could be ranked four. We could be ranked six. They could be ranked five. We could be ranked six, and we would literally jump because right. somebody up front's got to lose. You know, uh, Penn State plays Ohio State. Ohio State still plays Michigan. They could possibly lose. They you know, could. I was literally laying in bed like two weeks ago just looking at all the scenarios. Oh, this and that, this oh, and that. LSU <laughs> could lose the SEC championship. Exactly. Game. I mean, yeah, there's things I'm, that could happen. I was talking to myself, and my girl's like, who are you talking to? <laughs> I'm talking to myself, leave me alone. She's like, good, because I'm not listening. <laughs> but, I mean, things can happen. Crazier things have happened. Us being a part of the Sugar Bowl uh, was was a long shot, and it happened. And we made it happen, and we made our mark. And so I, I think we could definitely be in the college football playoffs. You don't seem very proud of that Sugar Bowl win. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as cool as it gets. I remember it? it vividly. It was uh, every step of the way. It was just amazing. And I understand you had some nice words at the coin flip, too, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> that, None that we can say. On yeah, that story, especially on the Desert News uh, podcast. But no, that was awesome. Right now at Mr. Mac, got suit separates on sale. Choose regular fit or slim fit styles with coat sizes from 36 to 66. The pants from 30 to size 60. And right now, the suit separate sale, you can get that suit for $249. And you can choose between a different top versus a different bottom, all the different colors, patterns to choose from. Everything that you need is at Mr. Mac. Plus, you get lifetime tailoring on suits that you purchase from Mr. Mac. Come into one of our nine Utah locations. Let us help you look your best. Suit up in Mr. Mac. Hey, um, guys, are there some players on this Utah team that are kind of unsung heroes that maybe we don't talk about a lot? Obviously, Tyler Huntley, Zach Moss, uh, Bradley and I, Lucky Foto, guys like that, Julian Blackman, get a lot of attention, Jalen Johnson, you can just reel them off. Are there some guys, Sly, that maybe you've seen that are doing a great job? Is it these younger kids that are coming up that are 
getting the job done? Oh, yeah, everybody, because everybody doesn't want to let anybody down. You got leaders like Lecky Foto, Bradley and I, Julian Blackman, um, Jalen Johnson. These guys are playing so great, and you don't you, you don't want to let anybody down. I think some unsung heroes defensively um, are Nick Nurse. Um, I think he does a great job. Uh, second half of the USC game, he came in and did a great job against Pittman. Um, but uh, defensively, Javelin Gidry, you know, um, amazing nickel. Wheels, yeah, amazing nickel. And, and I think that's somebody who's not getting a lot of credit this season. I think he did a great job last season. But, you know, um, he handles because it's not easy. I think the nickel position is one of the hardest coverage positions on the field because you have to guard one of the inside receivers. At okay. least on the corner, you can use the sideline as an extra defender. If you're guarding one of the best receivers, you're alone, aren't you? You're alone, especially when we put you on an island or zero coverage. Like, there's a two-way go. That receiver can line up off the ball so you can't press him. And then he's have a free release so he can go outside or he can go inside. And I think he's just doing a great job with, with staying with those guys and making sure that that third receiver or that inside receiver is a, is a no factor. Sly took the words out of my mouth. I had every, Everything he said about the nickel package, I was going to say to a word. So, <laughs> nice job. Bridge of mine. <laughs> I think, guys, huh? <laughs> All right. You mentioned John Penasini earlier. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it, the defensive line is so good. He was and, amazing in the Washington game. Right. I mean, he has just been a, a terrific presence there. Uh, it was fun to see uh, Tafua get the, the touchdown. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, Devin Lloyd's leading the team, and I know yeah, we, I we talk. Say, how about those linebackers? The linebackers, yeah. I mean, in. especially from where people thought that it was going to take a step down, they've, they've played so well, him and Francis. and Well, I hope whatever business opportunity came up for Manny Bone is working out for him, because he definitely he definitely <laughs> missed out on an opportunity this season. <laughs> yeah, Avon was, calling. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, in, in that vein, too, who would have thought at this stage of the year, unless you're a Utah Ute, that Utah would be ranked higher than Penn State on top of that. Right. I mean, so it... Uh, yeah, I hope that business opportunity is going real well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, take a quick look at basketball. Obviously, the Utes got off to the good start this year with the 94-point victory and then a win over Minnesota. Uh, Jody, there, uh, I guess you got a chance to see him the other day. That was a good win over Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, they got off to a 16-0 start, and they looked like you know they might pull off a 95-point win, but then Minnesota fought back. and uh, You saw kind of the roller coaster that you would expect from a young team. They have these these great stretches, but then they have a proclivity to give up some some runs as well, and, and that's something they're going to have to work through, that consistency, and making one mistake not turn into two mistakes into five mistakes, and, and I, I think that I like... I'm surprised honestly that the youths are off to a 3-0 start. They look really strong. Timmy Allen and Booth sophomores that are getting... Uh, some really good play and it's showing some leadership skills early on and they can both score in different ways so I really like the makeup of this team especially for the future. Sly obviously uh, not just a football school maybe Utah's good at basketball again too. Oh yeah that's where it started in 98 with Majerus days you know uh, Utah is definitely coming up. Coach K's doing a great job um, these last few years uh, with this Utah basketball team getting us some great national recognition and 
You know, he definitely deserving. I did not see the game against Michigan, but I did see all of the highlights. Everybody was talking about it, so I'm like, oh, what happened? Well, the um, thing but, that caught me is that uh, Ryland Jones, you know, I hadn't seen a lot of him. He looks like he's 12 years old, but he plays like a man, <laughs> doesn't he? <laughs> he can really pass. There were two passes that he had to a couple of the big guys that they're like, whoa, the ball is in my hand. What do I do? And they miss layups. But he's really, uh, he's, he's poised for a kid that does look, I joked in a column that he looks like he needs a Sharpie to participate in No Shave November. <laughs> he's so young, but he plays older than he is. Well, that's great. Sometimes when you look younger, your opponents think you're younger, so they take you lightly and then right. you blow right past them. Well, <laughs> and this guy did that. the same. It's like you haven't aged one day. Shoot, I try to keep my hair low so you don't see none of these grays. You still have hair. I like it. Like he's got good. the black sharpie going too on huh, there. <laughs> well, appreciate it. Well, Jody, let's uh, turn the time over to Tom Barberry. I'm Tom Barberry, and it's time for Utah by Five. Thanks, Tom. This week on Utah by Five, I thought it'd be fun to look at some of the alums who are enjoying this run by the Utes. Obviously, we have a great one here in studio with us, but uh, some of the chatter going on on Twitter has been really fun with some of the Utah alumni. Isaac Asiata said, I would like just to take a minute to thank this man for bringing the Hollandale Trio to the 801, and he shared a photo of Dennis Erickson. Uh, Jamal Anderson, the great Jamal, said, Great game, Utes. It's a beautiful thing to see this talented roster, coaches and players, put it all together. Zero touchdowns surrendered and 50 points. Keep it going, Utes. That was, the Utes haven't given up a touchdown at Rice-Eccles in 14 quarters. As a defender, I'm, I'm sure. They, is that unbelievable no, that's, for that's, a, that's an amazing stat. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're playing IAA, JUCO, any school. If you can keep a team off the board, especially for that many quarters, especially in this conference, you know, that is not an easy feat. And so this defense definitely needs to be commended for that. And, and keep it rolling. Let's go. Make sure in Colorado that doesn't happen either when they come here. And even next week, we can shut out the Wildcats too. Kenneth Gooby Scott said, Keithy, wow, that's all I got to say. That boy putting on a show. Kylie Fitz, he threw this down. He said, this is for sure the best Utah team in history. And Eric Weddle responded, got to finish, but definitely a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Weddle knows what he's talking about. He's been a part of a few good teams. I, I like Weddle's in the middle of all, half of these conversations yeah. with former Utah. Uh, <laughs> He'll just say his little two cents it every does, two seconds. He's like, like, okay, I'm going to bring the, uh, he's the old man in the room that's uh, bringing, let's, let's keep the realistic part here. Tommy Hackenbrook, he said Snoop won, which is uh, Tyler Huntley, sprinting 60 yards to congratulate his teammate. I love Tyler Huntley more each week. And Mr. Weddle chimed in. They feed off him, the leader. And uh, then Tommy added, holding a team to 50 yards rushing, good. Holding a team to 50 yards rushing on 37 attempts. Well done, Utah football. Safety pride, which is Morgan Scally's mm-hmm. Twitter handle, and Bradley and I. And then Steve Tate added, Huntley is the most underrated quarterback in the country. Had to be said, but it's true. It's kind of fun to see a bunch of Ute uh, players. What do you think that the players, the current players, are seeing what the you know the former players are saying about them, and and do you think that lifts them up? Oh, no question. They're definitely seeing, it. especially the day and age we lived in. When I was in, I don't think you know everybody was on Twitter and, and Instagram <laughs> the way that we are now because it literally drives the world. But I do think the current players watch it and they see it. I mean, I'm around the facility all the time, and the guys know me. They see me. They say hi. So they know these guys are out there talking about them. Especially when you're when you mention somebody when you're at somebody on on twitter they see it right and, and so especially when they can walk through the halls and see steve tate's name eric weddle's name um tommy hackett brooks name on the walls um and and those guys are mentioning you you know that everybody's watching so they can definitely walk with some pride and they do and, and they're confident and they're humble because of the culture that coach Witt you know puts there he only wants 
very accountable, humble, and hardworking blue-collar guys at Utah. Well, I'm going to keep an, an eye on your Twitter account, so <laughs> you might make it in my Utah by five in the in the future. I I'm normally jump up and down in my living room yelling at the TV, so I don't tweet that much. But I will. We'll get a video camera in there for that. Yeah. <laughs> your name in the desert is better than beating Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, isn't All it? Right. Yeah. So that's our Utah right. five by five this week. Uh, fans can uh, enjoy the Utah the weekly Utah Insider newsletter. Every Wednesday at subscribe at Deseret.com. Appreciate it. Well, Sly, the reason, the main reason you came here today, besides hanging out with us cool guys, is that <laughs> you got a nonprofit uh, group you're working with. Tell us what you're doing. Yeah, working with, well, um, I started Athlete Strong. So um, this nonprofit is is one that I, I started a few years ago. And during my playing days, I really loved doing community service, not only to help the community, but what it does for athletes. You know, it keeps us humble, keeps us knowing exactly where we came from, what we're working for, um, and, and the type of influence we have on younger generations. You know, we are so influential with being in the media and, and playing on this great stage that I want to take the athletes and do more community service projects, community engagement, get the community to see that these players are human. Yeah, you see them on TV, they're this and that, you know, people can say this and that, but once you have that one-to-one interaction with those guys, you, it has the community buy into the university more. So I, I partner with all the universities, Utah State, Weber, um, Utah, of course, because I'm more biased on them, <laughs> um, and even BYU. And, you know, um, Coach Kalani, he and I have a, a great relationship, and he's let me use um, some of his athlete, athletes on plenty of my projects. And so uh, what we want to do is, is strengthen the community through athletic influence. And uh, we do that in many different ways. Um, so we have a turkey bowl coming up on Saturday. So every winter we do four different community service events. We uh, feed the homeless. We take kids shopping. We visit the hospitals. And this year we're, we're, we're doing a new event called the Holiday Feast where we take underprivileged families and give them a, a, a Christmas dinner. We we bring athlete athlete volunteers and, and they come and, and, and just share time, build gingerbread houses and carols. Um, just bring the Christmas spirit to some of these underprivileged families that wouldn't necessarily have a Christmas otherwise. So the Turkey Bowl is a fundraiser to make sure all of those events happen. And uh, we do it this year at Rice Eccles Stadium. Rice Eccles Stadium opened it up to us while Utah's out in Arizona. We get to utilize the the field, and it's awesome. It's a 12-team double elimination tournament. You know, this year we're implementing uh, there has to be two women on the team, on each team. So um, it just makes it fun, and everybody can be a part of it. Last year, everybody had so much fun that it was just like, before the the tournament even ended, everybody was coming up to me, make sure you let me know about next year, because this was awesome it was cold as crap last year <laughs> but this year the weather will be great on saturday uh we start at 8 a.m and we end about 12 12 p.m one um the games will go 15 minutes the team that scores the most points wins um this year we're, we're adding an extra thing so every team will be encouraged to to raise funds and if your team raises the most funds you get an extra elimination round so you're pretty much guaranteed to be in the finals if you raise the most funds <laughs> all about the duck well, hey let's I- get a desert news team together Dirk. Let's do it. Get Kent over here. Tucson, right? 
don't need to say my athleticism. Oh, I guess I better go to Tucson. Made East High famous. Now, how can we? How can our listeners help if they're not able to make it the Turkey Bowl? And that it sounds like you have year-round projects almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. How can we help? Well, uh, the biggest thing is you know we're not a United Way or uh, some of these bigger organizations. But what makes our events go is if we have the proper funds to to make them happen. So if you want to go to our website and donate two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars here, you know every little bit counts. Everybody thinks like, oh, I don't have enough money to to contribute. You guys don't understand that like a little bit goes a long way. You know, if everybody gave a dollar, we would have a lot of money. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, the, the thing uh, that makes all these things happen is uh, if we have proper funds. You know, a lot of companies do uh, some amazing jobs of, of allowing us to utilize their facilities, um, grant us some sponsorships. But, um, you know, the community engagement and getting involved and requesting volunteer opportunities. If you want to volunteer, just go to our website, communicate with us um, or send us an email at info at athlete strong org. You know, you get in touch with us and we can point you in the right direction as far as uh, how you can help out. What's that web- website address? www.athletestrong.org. I'll yeah. put all that information in the You uh, Insiders newsletter this week, too. So go to desret.com. Awesome. Hey, Thanks, guys. So I appreciate all you do. I've known you for a long time, and you've been a class act from day one. And it doesn't surprise me that you're involved in something like this. I mean, <laughs> that's who you are. And I and I encourage all of our listeners to get out and support and get out there and play some ball on Saturday, too. Yeah. It'll be fun. I mean, if you guys don't want to play, there's tons of alumni guys there. We we had a BYU team put a team together. Riley Nielsen came out last year for BYU, and they they had an amazing team. Um, on my team, I got Robert Johnson, Reggie Dunn, uh, Mike Wright, Johnny Paul, myself. Uh, last year, we had Derek Richards, Jordan Wynn, and uh, some other guys, but they'll be out of town this year. But this year, we even got Sean Green, uh, the Utah basketball player. Uh, he'll be posterizing people in the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's your tight end. He'll yeah. win the 50-50 balls, won't he, with his height? <laughs> right. Right. And we got Fano. Fano's going to be our, our, our quarterback. Oh, um, so he's just all he's got to do is just throw it up to Rojo or throw it up to Sean, and um, we'll pretty much score every drive. Well, congratulations on all you do and best wishes. And like I said, if we can ever help, come back anytime and any event that we can promote, we'd, we want to be part of your team. So Thanks, Derek. It. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I'm bummed that the time is running out because I wanted to have like an extensive <laughs> segment about how much better the Steelers are than the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> we can go into detail. We just need yeah, Mike Tomlin yeah, to bench yeah. Rudolph. <laughs> we do that, it will be good. I do have to say when the youth... The Cleveland said, Browns tried to bench Rudolph. Oh, yeah. I don't know how he stood up after uh, that. Heinz Field is a beautiful facility, though, and the youths played there a few mm-hmm. years ago. I saw Sly at the hotel visiting the youths the night before. That was uh, it's a that was probably a real fun city to play in and a oh, fun yeah. stadium to be at. And yeah, all that. that city is electric. I remember that game because Shelby got a pick six and I was on the field in the end zone with him like, oh, crap, I forgot I'm a fan. Now I can't. I can't be over here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I, I, I love Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was amazing. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we want to thank our sponsor, Mr. Mac, and we want to thank you all for listening. Talk to you later.